Infirmary Media. In decades, the Matrix and Blade versus Bloodsport and Renegade. Strap on that cap, bust out the power glove. Come fight for what you love. Poop culture popping pins, dropping hand grenades. Van Halen locked in Mortal Kombat with David Gray. Found out ballet and sick. I am made of GNR. Come fight for what you love. Broadcasting from the Infirmary Media Studios, it's the adult only retro game show where the 80s and 90s battle for supremacy because it's your history. We just fight for it. Welcome back to Dueling Decades. Let's meet this week's duelers and the decades they will be fighting for in this rock and roll battle. Joining us on commentary is the Dueling Decades champion, Man Crush. What's up? I'm just here to uh, to watch what goes on and remind everybody, go over to www.facebook.com forward slash Dueling Decades after you've listened to this episode, you're already listening to the episode. Judge the rounds for yourself. Message it to us. And you get 20 points on the leaderboard. It's that simple. Nice. I am Mark James. And for this rock and duel, I am going to roll with 1990 as I take on a big burly slice of Midwestern man meat. Please welcome Bo Beecraft. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. Great to be here. Great to be back. It's uh, another right. snowy evening in the Midwest here, and uh, I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to go for the fences, swinging right for the fences with 1986 Ooh. tonight. I like it. And as always here on the show, we need somebody to adjudicate all of this awesomeness. So let me introduce to you tonight's judge. He is the rock legend known for his classic songs, No Easy Way Out, Angel of the City, and Better Than the Rest, the title track from his hit new album, available now where music is sold. Duelers and duelettes, please rise and welcome back to the show, Judge Robert Tepper. Woo! How you doing, guys? Pleasure to be back. It's nothing, nothing but fun and it seems like I got to kill a category this this month, so I'm excited. <laughs> well, you didn't like sports like movies the last time. <laughs> Don't remember when it is. We had sports movies last time. There's like three of them. <laughs> it was actually a, a review of the best sports follies. Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest will be held under Dueling Decades rules. A judge's coin flip shall decide who picks first out of the five Dueling Decades categories. Movies, television, music, news, and hot products. A judge's ruling will determine who wins each round, allowing the victor to choose the next available category. The first three rounds are worth one point each, with rounds four and five worth two points apiece. And the winning decade shall be decided by the highest overall score after all five rounds. Duelers, be excellent to each other because it's time to play Dueling Decades. Woo. All right, let's go down to the very special guest judge for this battle, Robert Tepper, for the official toss off. Okay, guys, since we are talking about this time and what format was popular at this time, CDs. I will flip a CD. <laughs> yes. Oh, perfect. There, 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 is write, there is writing on one side and there is nothing on the other side but some kind of zeros and, and ones, okay? So who's going to call it in the air? Bobby Craft, why don't you call it? When I count to three, I'm going to flip it and you let me know what you think it is. Okay. Ready? One, two. 
three. Shiny side up. I am sorry. There's writing on the on oh. writing in my face. Damn it. Always happens. Ooh. It always happens. Sorry about <laughs> I take control of the board here for this rock and roll battle. And you know what? I'm going to throw a wrench into this game right off the bat. We're going to start off with the music round. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Ballsy. <laughs> Coming into this battle, I had no clue what year Bo had. So I found out along with the listeners of this show. Ooh. 1986 rock and roll. I'm a little scared. I'm going to throw out the music round first. A little bit of a strategy. We'll see if it bites me in the ass later. I don't know. I like it. Uh, that's a good strategy. In 86, that's going to be a doozy. I like it. All right, guys. So for my first music selection, I'm going to select an album that came out June 21st, 1990 by the popular rock band Poison, entitled Flesh and Blood. The album spun two top ten singles on Skinny Bop and Something to Believe in, as well as three other singles on the album Ride the Wind, Life Goes On, and, of course, Flesh and Blood Sacrifice. Of course. Uh, (laughs) Flesh and Blood was certified platinum in 1990 and triple platinum in 1991. If you're a fan of Poison, this is an album you are very (laughs) familiar with. Brett Michaels, C.C. DeVille, Bobby Dahl, and Ricky Rocket just absolutely brought it on these tracks. Uh, Unskinny Bop might just as well be the anthem that kicked off the 1990s. It was kind of that hangover from the hair metal leeching into the early 1990s. So that's my first music selection. My second album was released February 13th, 1990, and uh, this February will mark the 30th anniversary of the release of this album as this band gets back together and goes back on a nationwide tour to celebrate this album as the Black Crows reunite to celebrate the release of Shake Your Moneymaker. It peaked at number four on the Billboard 200 charts with its single Hard to Handle, She Talks to Angels, Jealous Again, Twice as Hard, and Seeing Things also charted later in the year off that album as well. Uh, The album would go on to sell more than 5 million copies and certified five times platinum. So, yeah, The Black Crows, this is just a phenomenal album. It's just over about 45 minutes long. It flows from beginning to end. There is not a bad spot anywhere on the album. It is just their magnum opus from the Robinson Brothers. So those are my two music selections. Shake Your Moneymaker from The Black Crows and Flesh and Blood from Poison. Over to you, Bo Beecraft. Not to be confused with Flesh, Light, and Blood, right? <laughs> Right, no, no. All right, that's 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 ninety nine. We don't want to hear. About, we don't want to hear about your sex life. <laughs> All right, down to the well here. Uh, Nineteen eighty six in rock music. I'll lead off with another kind of. Uh, I, I guess you'd call it hair metal. I, I would anyway. Or hair, you know, like glam rock, something like that. I'm talking about the uh, August eighteenth, nineteen eighty six release from Bon Jovi, their third studio album. Slippery When Wet. Instant commercial success, featuring songs that are widely considered probably their their best known throughout their career. You Give Love a Bad Name, Living on a Prayer, Wanted Dead or Alive. Uh, Eight weeks at the number one position on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart. And due to its performance throughout 1986, also named the uh, Billboard top-selling album of 1987, now the band's best-selling album to date, a certification of 12 times Platinum, which is quite a feat. 
that also makes it one of the top 100 best-selling albums in the U.S. Wow. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. It's yeah. a doozy. Not my kind of doozy, but a doozy no less, yeah. statistically speaking. They are also going out on tour this summer. <laughs> yes, fun. it is a doozy. I will say that. What do you got for your second music selection, Bo? Yeah, it's here. I'm going to follow this up with something that's that's more something I would probably listen to. The seventh studio album released March 24th of 1986 from Van Halen, or in this Woo! case, Van Hagar. It's 5150. Yeah, wow. that's a good one. The Fuck. first of four albums to be recorded with uh, Sammy Hagar, who replaced David Lee Roth. The album was named after Eddie Van Halen's home studio, 5150, which is in turn... Named after a California law enforcement term for yes. a mentally okay. disturbed person. <laughs> mentally impaired. is what That's right. Yes. Uh, number one album on the Billboard 200 once again. Stayed there for three consecutive weeks. Produced a number of uh, massive hits for the new incarnation of the band, including Best of Both Worlds, Dreams, Love Walks In, Summer Nights, and my personal favorite, the best scatting of 1986, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Why can't this be love? Certified six times platinum since its release. So there you have it. Van Halen's 5150. Oh, man. You guys are killing me. I know. <laughs> oh, this is a tough one. This is a, that's, how could it's you really- lead off with that? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> You always lead with scat. That's dueling decades precedent. That's rule. If there's scat involved, you always lead with scat. That's right. Never hide from the scat. You need the scat. (laughs) Scat is is good. Scat is good. All right. Is it my turn to judge? It is. Let's go down to Judge Robert Tepper for the verdict for the music round. It's it's so hard. I can't even believe what you did to me because people are going to say, hey, Tepper, aren't you going to go with, I mean, Bon Jovi? Come on, man. How can you turn your back on Bon Jovi? How can you turn your back on David Lee Roth is not the lead singer of Van Halen anymore? Aren't you walking around just a little mad? Isn't this guy screaming just a little too loud on the songs? <laughs> you know, can you sing any higher? Ah! I can sing higher. Uh, okay, so here's the thing, man. I got to take the Black Crows because I love the fucking Black Crows, right? That album to me, I know it's nowhere near the rock royalty, but that first record was perfect. And the only reason I'm slipping Poison in there, who couldn't even find what two and four is on the drum, okay? The only reason I'm slipping those guys in there is because I go to a concert one time in Arizona and David Lee Roth has his solo record on, and I'm invited backstage. And guess who opened up for David Lee? You? Poison! <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it would have been better if you did. I look around, and me and 12 guys are picked to go backstage after the show. It was Nirvana. I still don't remember what happened, but it was amazing. I'm going with Black Crows. You can't be mad about that. Wow. Out of all three of those bands, though, out of Black Crows, think yes. about it. They're all back on the road now. So you got Black Crows, yeah. they're out. Right. You got right. Poisons out. And then right. you got Bon Jovi out. Right. Out of those three, I'm going to see Black Crows. I saw Poison a couple of years ago. Oh, hands down. Hands down. See, tell me what. That's how I feel. That guy's yep. voice is Amazing. magical. I, right? I heard him on Stern. Guy, he hasn't lost shit. He sounds great. 
He's amazing. Listen to his stuff with Chris Robinson Brotherhood, and it's phenomenal. Yeah. He is. And there's something about I, I'm so I'm I feel bad, Bo, because now I can see your face. I can't just squash. I can't <laughs> just squash. You. This is my face every dueling decades contest, Robert. <laughs> I can't just squash. It never you fails. Feeling some kind of empathy. But I can't I'll be, be mad about that though. Black Crows is a solid pick, like Mark oh, said. Man. The 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 stuff with Chris Robinson and the Brotherhood that's great. Rich Robinson's solo record was really good. Right. I. I Right? put a, put and, a and lot was, of time in with that. There was one. just something more real about that. And the Bon Jovi thing, it's like, you know, do you like the Star Wars adventures? Yeah, I like them. I'm, I liked them when they first came out. Now they bore the <laughs> shit out of me. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's good against evil. We've never seen that before. You know, and it's the same thing, you know, with, with the other thing, David Lee Roth. I mean, those albums I had to kind of learn to like, you know what I mean? Because they were... The playing was brilliant. The singing was was kind of great, but I don't know. I've never. I can't drive fifty five. The tone of his voice always felt a little bit like chalk down a blackboard to me, you know. And <laughs> but he makes a great tequila, I hear. Okay, he I'm, does. <laughs> Cabo, Cabo. Hey, Mark, you got you got control of the board surprisingly, and a one point lead here. <laughs> I will throw that in. Uh, where are you going? All right. Uh, you know what. Let's do some rock and roll hot products. Ooh, interesting. Used condoms? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, you know, rock and roll hot products. That That's a hard category to do research on. So 1990, I take a look at, you know, if you were a, a rock and roll fan, like all of us are, you know, what were we purchasing in 1990? What, what couldn't we wait to buy? Condoms? <laughs> heroin black tar the condom is timeless we're still buying <laughs> who the fuck uses those things <laughs> well, that explains why you have no money but mark's, mark's still using the dollar general brand saran wrap <laughs> rubber band thank you looks like you wrapped up a wet paint roller <laughs> sandwich bag yeah but it's one of the edging rollers so <laughs> it's dual purpose <laughs> it's a whole different kind of edging <laughs> all right so getting back to rock and roll hut products right you know this was a hot product that i remember because we had it in our house and i remember when we purchased it and it was a big deal September 7th, 1990, the Led Zeppelin box set gets released. I'm sure you've all seen this. It came out in a big box, and the, the cover was like it was uh, crop circles, and then it had the silhouette of the Zeppelin over the top of it. And it was the first compilation of songs the band had ever released. It was all remastered and supervised by Jimmy Page and Atlantic Records. It had a 36-page booklet that came with it. It was on four compact discs. Six vinyl records or four cassettes. In my household, we had the four cassettes. My sister had bought this box set, and this is what introduced me to Led Zeppelin. Just going through every side of those cassettes. All the hits were here. Whole Lot of Love, Heartbreaker, Black Dog, Custard Pie, Cashmere, Tangerine, No Quarter, Achilles Last Stand, Stairway to Heaven. The list goes on and on. It is just the ultimate compilation so that's my first hot product, the Led Zeppelin box Damn. set. Oh. I own that thing, and that's the uh, it's the first time I discovered the song. I think it's called "Is It Ten Years Gone or Ten Years After?" One yeah, of the two. Fantastic track that doesn't get enough credibility lent to it. So my second uh, rock and roll hot product is another album, uh, but this one's a little different. This one's a little different because 
If you remember rock music in the 80s and the 90s, how you bought your music wasn't always you just go to the store and pick something out. Sometimes you bought these albums off of TV because they had some really badass commercials. So my first one is one from Time Life called Guitar Rock. Now, you guys all remember the Guitar Rock series. There was 27 volumes. There was like 40-something different discs that came out. But the very first one was actually just called Guitar Rock. And it's actually referred to as the prototype because it doesn't even count as volume one. Volume one of Guitar Rock didn't come out till 93. But the prototype came out in 1990 and was the only one ever to be released on vinyl. The track listing for the original version of Guitar Rock is absolutely stellar. From Jimi Hendrix, Elton John, Bachman Turner Overdrive, Mountain, Leonard Skinner, Peter Frampton, Derek and the Dominoes, Eric Clapton, The Who, Cream, Canned Heat, Joe Walsh, The James Gang, Leonard Skinner, Alice Cooper. The list goes on and on with the hits. Uh, so if you guys remember the commercial for this one, as soon as I say it, it's going to pop into your head because the whole commercial is a spoof of risky business. It's a guy dancing around his house in his underwear and socks, and he's jamming out to all the tunes. Now, I remember these commercials, whether it was guitar rock or freedom rock or, you know, cock rock, whatever the collection was. <laughs> you know, the one thing that drove me nuts about all of these commercials is they ruined the songs for me. Yep. Because you would start singing the song, and then automatically, if you ever heard it, you jump to whatever the next song yep. of the commercial yep. was. <laughs> Smoke on the water, hot-blooded, chicken tea. <laughs> I still remember that shit. Yeah, absolutely. I did it for years, and for me... It all started in 1990 when I started seeing that guy dancing around his house like uh, Tom Cruise in Risky Business with Guitar Rock. So my two hot products, Guitar Rock and the Led Zeppelin box set. Man, that second nice. was a deep cut. That's good. It makes me want to listen to monster ballads or at least watch the commercial. <laughs> yeah. The track listing is so phenomenal. I'm actually going to make this all in a Spotify playlist, and I'll post it up in our Facebook group so everyone can go and listen to it as well. Nice. Can you throw some random uh, Chet Atkins in there, too? Because that, that, to me, <laughs> no. is no. the grandfather of guitar rock. <laughs> Finger picking. Finger picking good. All right, Bo Craft. What you got for hot products, man? It's kind of hard to ignore hot products being albums uh, when you're when you're going by a you know like a, a musical genre for this. So I discovered really that 1986's hottest products were uh, kind of the onset of rap rock. We had two albums released in '86 that were uh, could be classified as rap rock. I'll start with this one: uh, Queens, New York's own Run DMC, their third album, Raising Hell, released in July of '86, immediately jumping to number three on the U.S. charts. Uh, containing, of course, the reworked Aerosmith cover of Walk This Way, which became the first rap song to go top five in the U.S. Oh, shit. July of 86, Raising Hell, the uh, third album from Run DMC. It's tricky. That's it? It's tricky. <laughs> That's it. No, you got it. Short and sweet. No, I'll, uh, I'll go to the next one here. Uh, okay. Actually, okay. another New York hip-hop and rap group would enter the scene with the release of their debut album on November 15, 1986, talking about the Rick Rubin-produced License to Ill from the Beastie Boys. Debut featured massive hits, including Paul Revere, You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party, 
uh, Brass Monkey, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, and uh, Girls became the first rap LP to top the Billboard album chart. It's one of Columbia Records' fastest-selling debut records to date, certified diamond uh, by the RIAA in 2015 for shipping over 10 million copies in the United States. So there you go. Run DMC's Raising Hell and uh, Beastie Boys' debut album, License to Ill. Oof. All right. All right. Uh, your Honorable Robert is still here. And uh, <laughs> here's what I'm thinking. Okay, so I had two pet gripes in the in, in, in this time era, right? There should have been, like, I was praying radio would stop playing Led Zeppelin for just two years so we didn't have to burn every seconds. Oh, my God. If I mean, talk about burning out a band. Here we are, Stairway to Heaven, because everybody would go and get high when they put it on, right? Oh, we'll be right back. <laughs> we got to take a shit. <laughs> you know, so everybody runs out of the studio, so they're putting together a box set because Lord knows there weren't enough CDs rolling around, you know? We need to put it all in a box set so you can just choke on it you know and the other thing that was it time magazine put those out right yeah time life yeah so time life put those out but they didn't tell you that they were the mafia because as soon as you 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 gave him your credit card there was a guy at your door <laughs> going only 560 dollars you owe me so much money and yet you'll never be able to pay us and they'll do you know and they'd come and take the albums from your house and charge you like unbelievable amounts of money and by the time you had you know uh fogarty playing uh you know oh lord i'm so there $685. Who could pay that? It was insane. Once they got your credit card, you were, excuse the expression, you were screwed, right? I mean, it was unbelievable. They were like the mafia. Okay. Hey, Bo, you, you got this round, brother, because you know who came? Because, listen, the first one, I mean, come on, man. That's Rick Rubin, too. This was the beginning. I mean, the beginning for us to know about Rick Rubin, right? This was his the start of his life, man. This was a, a, a force in music, which is who's still a force in music. This was his joining together rock and, and, and the New York hip hop that he loved so much, you know, and licensed to, uh, are you kidding me? The Beastie but you gotta fight! I mean, <laughs> come on! I mean, I don't care how old you were. I, that thing would resuscitate an 80-year-old, you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> And that was the beginning of those maniacs, you know, and uh, and that was those two were like huge movements, you know, and it was new and it was believable and and it was great. So uh, both round two goes to you. How about you also that? Rick? Speaking of Rick Rubin, later yeah. that year you had and it was on Def Jam. I know this because it was one of my picks. But yeah. I don't know a couple months back, but he actually did "Rain and Blood" by Slayer. Oh wow! Yeah. He, he, he produced that? He produced that for Def wow. Jam. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the other band that, that came out? Was that around then, too? Talking about love. Dun, 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 talking about love removal machine. Who is that? Oh, the, the Cult. The Cult. That was on his label, too, wasn't it? I mean. Uh, that it, one, I don't know. I'd have to. It wasn't uh, one of my picks. I only know what I picked. I don't okay. know anything All right. else. All right. All right. <laughs> but I'm just saying the Rick Rubin vibe was about to enter Ameri Ameri the music scene, you know, the American music scene. And, you know, he's got his own podcast now. And, you know, I mean, Rick's amazing. You know, he's he's a monster. All right, Bo. So you tie up the game at one apiece and take control of the board. 
Mm. What category you want to go with next, man? Well, boys, it's all downhill from here, so let's get television out of the way. (laughs) 1986 was uh, the year of a couple of pretty large award shows, I would I would consider them. The 13th Annual American Music Awards is what I'm going to lead off with. Uh, took place January 27, 1986. 180-minute ceremony hosted by the legendary Diana Ross, produced by Dick Clark Productions, uh, and found its home on ABC. Among the night's biggest winners in rock music were Bruce Springsteen, who took home three awards. Huey Lewis and the News, uh, they left with two pieces of hardware. Other big winners on the night included Whitney Houston, Tina Turner, Willie Nelson, and uh, one of my favorite country supergroups of all time, the Highwaymen. Uh, Sir Paul McCartney received a merit award. Michael Jackson took home an award of appreciation for what? I'm not sure. Uh, and everyone's favorite supergroup. This is probably the biggest news to come out of this award show. USA for Africa taking home song of the year for We Are the World. Wow. Which was also produced by Rick Rubin. No, it was. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Quincy Jones. That's right. That's right. Did you happen to pick that one because uh, Whitney Houston just got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Did she no. really? Yes. Is that true? I, I didn't know that. How do you feel about that? As, you know, you're you're a rocker yourself, and they just put in in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They just put in Whitney Houston and Notorious B.I.G. Okay. Um, it's. I think what happened to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is they're running out of people. To put in, you know, they chose not to put in Dave Matthews Band. Right, right, okay. <laughs> to me, though, <laughs> no, no, just saying. I, I I hate to make it a segregated thing because the problem with music today is it's so segregated. I mean, when I came up, there was FM radio and they played Motown, they played everything. You know what I mean? And now, you know, rap is rap and R and B is R and B and pop is pop and heavy metal is heavy metal and the dinosaurs are on ninety five point five KLOS. You know, but for me, <laughs> you know, I mean, is Whitney Houston rock and roll in any sense of the word? No. Okay, in my estimation, was she a monster motherfucking singer? Absolutely, that girl could yeah. absolutely sing her ass off. And so, I think there should be another award show, like you know, diva divas throughout the age. Let's, you know, because there's not enough award shows. We all know that, you know. Uh, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is, you know, I used to go back in way back when the whole idea of of the thing was to give money. I believe this was, you know, to give money to, to groups that didn't get the proper exposure, like the Marvelettes or, or people who didn't make any money. So they would put together a check for $27, $27,000. I give it to the Marvelettes and they'd look at you and go, uh, I think, thank you very much. You know, uh, so the early ones, you know, I used to go to and I used to hang out and stuff. I don't know what it's become. You know, it's, it's not like, it, it's not, uh, you know, it ain't the football hall of fame. I'll tell you, that, tell yeah. you, that, you know, so I kind of, th- you know, not to drag it out too long, but I, I don't know about Whitney being the rock and roll hall of fame. I just don't know about that. You know, it's kind of weird. They should just sense. change the name already. Just call it the music hall of fame then. There you you know what? Yeah, right. thank you. You're that's a really smart thing to say because I feel like I don't want to exclude people, but on the other hand, it's like, you know, it's, if it's rock and roll, then it's then it's rock and roll, man. It's the Stones. Then it's you know, it's 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 people who gave us that rock thing. Not and and there are people who've given us many other things, and that's fine. But it ain't the rock and roll. Hall of Just have different wings, man. That's all you got to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You keep the Rock easy. and Roll Hall of Fame how it is with rock and roll, Thank and then you. build a whole nother connected museum yeah. that's yeah. the you know music Hall of Fame, and then the Jazz Hall of Fame, and yeah. you know Absolutely. whatever. I- Absolutely. Absolutely. They can make a ton of money, too. What the fuck are they doing? Yeah, I mean, yeah. let's put Bill Evans. Let's put John Coltrane in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, he's a genius. My, how about Miles Davis? Why isn't Miles in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? You know what I mean? It's like, when does that line stop and when does that line begin? It's, uh, I think they messed it up. They kind of blew it. You it's know? definitely Weird. Just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of agree with you. All right. Sorry, Bo. What's your second pick? Right, sorry, man. What were we well, talking gentlemen. Tuck the uh, tuck the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame feather for now. We'll come back to that in just a little bit. Uh, but my second pick, we're going to get another award show out of the way here. The 28th Annual Grammy Awards held February 25th, 1986 uh, at the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles, recognizing accomplishments by musicians from the previous year, of course, in 1985. Uh, Song of the Year going to Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie for We Are the World. Uh, the night's big winner was, uh, of course, USA for Africa's We Are the World. Four awards they won at the Grammys, including Song of the Year. Uh, the latter was awarded to its songwriters, Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson. Another big winner, though, for the year uh, was Phil Collins, whose No Jacket Required LP amassed three wins, Album of the Year, Producer of the Year, and Best Pop Vocal for Male. Uh, the event, hosted by the incomparable Kenny fucking Rogers, and featured performances <laughs> from Sting, Whitney Houston, Starship, Huey Lewis in the News, Stevie Wonder, Aha, and several more. So the 28th Annual Grammy Awards, February 25th, 1986. All right. Off to Mark wow. James for round three, the television round. Hopefully you don't have another awards ceremony. Mark James and the Shondells. <laughs> no, I don't have Thank another awards ceremony because, you know, <laughs> that's not what I was watching, you know, back in the day in 1990. You know, when you come home from school. You wanted to watch things that interest you. Like scrambled Cinemax. <laughs> like after school specials on the PBS. <laughs> no, see, me, I'd go straight to MTV. From four to five o'clock, you had Yo MTV raps. So if you're into hip hop at the time, you know, 1990, a lot of stuff was happening in the hip hop movement. You got all that on Yo MTV raps. But you know what? If you weren't a hip hop guy, if you were a rock and roll type of kid, like I was, the hour before, from three to four, starting in the summer of 1990, you got a brand new show on MTV called Totally Pauly, which introduced <laughs> us all to Pauly Shore. Uh, it, this hit the airwaves with major fan approval. Pauly Shore would come on and he would host different segments and he would introduce different videos. The first video he ever hosted on the show was Billy Idol's Rock the Cradle of Love. Ooh. Pauly was also, he, you know, he was an after-school distraction for kids. At the exact same time, General Hospital was on, of all programs. That was his competition. You could come home and watch <laughs> General Hospital or Pauly Shore before YoMTV Raps. Those are your options. That's what you watched? No, that's that, <laughs> that was the counter-programming at the time. They sent the, a note home to Mark's parents from the bus driver. They're like, he's he's always telling her to speed up because he's got to get home to watch his shows. Who's this Luke and Laura he keeps talking <laughs> he's, about? He's, Mark keeps saying he's got to watch his stories. He was saying Laura got pregnant and now she doesn't want to die. What's he talking about? <laughs> All right, so you could find Polly Shore hanging out on the streets with some of his rock favorites like Alice Cooper, The Black Crows, Lenny Kravitz, Sam Kinison, CC Develop Poison. He even once interviewed an, a six-year-old Bruno Mars. Wow. 
Uh, on one occasion, and unfortunately only one occasion, he sang Cherry Pie with the band Warrant. Nice. So if you've never had the displeasure of checking that on YouTube, <laughs> go ahead. It, it's worth a good laugh. Uh, you know, totally Polly ran for six years and led him to a huge career in movies uh, where he would go on to star in movies such as Encino Man, Son-in-Law, Jury Duty, In the Army Now, and Biodome. So that's my first entry. Totally Polly, buddy. <laughs> no wheezing the jewels. All right. So for my second television selection, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys are all familiar with the smash hit television show, uh, Hill Street Blues, perhaps L.A. Law, NYPD Blue, the bare ass of Dennis Franz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The creator of all these shows, Stephen Bucho, went on to win 10 Primetime Emmy Awards. Unfortunately, none of them was for this show that I'm about to talk about. And uh, it was because of Hill Street Blues. What had happened was a Broadway producer actually came to Stephen Bucho and they said to him, you know, we'd love to adapt Hill Street Blues <laughs> to become a Broadway musical. So... For a few years, they tried this. It never happened. So he decided to bring it to television. And with the help of Randy Newman, we get the drama Cop Rock debuting in 1990. <laughs> if you have never checked out Cop Rock or have heard of it, please go on YouTube. This is a show that was 40 years before its time, man. This show was incredible. Jesus. So it's basically the any just like any cop drama, except occasionally they bring out break out in song and dance. <laughs> and what's truly remarkable about this is Randy Newman wrote the song for the, the theme song and then all the songs for the pilot. All the other episodes from the first season, they had a writing staff of songwriters. So Robert, you'll understand how hard it is. They wrote five songs per episode for a total of 55 original songs Damn. for the first series. So they had to come up with not only the stories for the the television show, the drama part, but how they could take key parts of each story and turn that into song. And they did 55 for the first season. It was a monumental undertaking. And, uh, you know, they consider it one of the worst TV shows of all time. But, you know, <laughs> I just think it's before it's time. So that I give you cop rock Enjoy. i had zero idea that randy newman was remotely involved in that thing but like i, I can only imagine like how terrible the songs could have been like, could you put your hands in the air do you know why i stopped you back there <laughs> i like b and e blues yeah the uh the track listings for some of the songs that it's pure comedy gold. You you can go on now. I'd highly advise just go out and purchase the complete first season. I'm sure you can uh, pick <laughs> it up on DVD. It's a dollar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what makes it comedy gold, though, is the fact that it's serious. It's not meant uh, it to is. be taken in satire. And it's fucking hilarious. Listen to it now because it's so bad. <laughs> Partner got shot today. <laughs> <laughs> From a production side, one of the remarkable things about the show was all the songs were actually performed live. 
So the actors were actually having to sing them on the set, and then they put in the musical accompaniment after. So not only do you have to know how to act and sing and dance. You got Randy Newman barking down you if you're fucking up. Well, only on the pilot. (laughs) Do it again. (laughs) So here's one for the show. It's called You Got Your Cuffs On Too Tight. (laughs) You got your cuffs on too tight. (laughs) You'll never make through the neck. <laughs> they call the lights cherries and berries. <laughs> I love molestation. Molestation? That's not a good <laughs> oh, there's, there's one clip I watched today where it's a, a male officer and a female officer in the squad car, and she starts hitting on him big time. And then she bursts out into song about how she just wants to do the bump bump. Oh and it God. is absolutely hilarious. Oh, my God. I need a, I need a little. <laughs> Have a glass of this toilet wine. We need to bring back Cop Rock, maybe starring Robert Tepper. Oh, my God. Thanks a lot, man. My career's up. <laughs> I don't even know where to start, man. It was like, so Bo gives us these amazing, these, you know, we are the world, you know, in Africa and all these things that like, oh, how much do we hate? How much do we hate those kind of shows, man? It's like <laughs> these people win awards for just breathing, okay? And we got to see this every every year we see this. Okay, what was the other one, Bo? You gave me uh, two award shows, right? I they, got the Grammys and the American Music Awards. American Music Awards. And Dick Clark, man, I, I, you know, he's dead, but I still think he hosts them. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost they just string him up on some wires and bring him out there. Like, there he is. Bring him. There he is. <laughs> Dick Clark still making money from the grave. <laughs> oh my lord, that is hilarious. Okay, so, but your first choice, what was your first choice was? That was the American Music Awards. So the second choice was the uh, the Grammy Awards, 13th right, right, Annual right, Grammy right. Awards. And uh, we had that up against. Steven Boccaccio, who, who those Hill Street Blues was amazing show. But Paul, uh, Paulie Shore right now is doing is doing game shows throughout America. OK, so Paulie didn't turn into that big a star. OK, you have something against people who host game shows, Robert? You know, I, <laughs> I mean, except for this crazy show. Oh my God, boy, this is insane. All right. So I, I, I got to go with the uh, with the MTV videos, man, because I would go home and do the same thing. And Cop Rock. You know, Cop Rock was so bad. I remember. <laughs> I remember seeing it. I mean, you have no idea. People like at that time, and it was right there at the meat of me, right, was, you know, Hill Street Blues. And what was the other show? And uh, NYPD Blue. I mean, these were like first time, like heavy drama show. You didn't miss it, man, because it was it was real. You know, I mean, it wasn't real, but it was great, you know. And this show comes on, and it was like somebody dropped acid and put this thing on, <laughs> and you were watching this thing that was so you go, oh no. And like, you know, that feeling like when you're watching something and you're so embarrassed inside that you, you're like, you're like, oh my God, he didn't just do that. Like, the pain is shooting up into your brain. That's how bad this show was. Okay, it was so freaking horrible. It was disgusting. Well, let me at, let me ask you a question, Robert. Go go. All right. So at this time, you were telling us earlier right. before we started the show, you were living right. in Woodstock, New York, and you wanted to get out so bad. If somebody from yes. Top Rock called you up and said, "Hey, Robert, we want you to come out 
We got this uh, premise for the show. We want you to write songs, and that'll get you know. out of Woodstock. What I, I would you know. do? I got to tell you, I think Freezing to Death in Songities might have been better than <laughs> this show. I mean, it just goes to show you, like, a bad idea is a bad idea. I mean, Randy Newman, I had no idea. He was the, I, you know, he was the voice behind that. And it's like, so my wife uh, calls me over. She goes, there's this new show on YouTube that you have to, you have to check out. I go, really? She goes, yeah, it's really, it's really good. And she, she loves musicals. God bless her, man. They make, most of them make me cringe. I've been involved in them. I've written some stuff for them. But it's like, you know, you get guys who go, hey, did you see Oil Spill? Oil Spill? Oh, that was brilliant, man. What a great musical Oil Spill is. You know, and people write like 50 songs about Oil Spill. You know what I mean? It's like, how they do it, I don't know. So she puts on this show and people, people with bad voices singing horrible songs just is enough to make me want to like throw up in my mouth you know and that show did all that for me and i can't thank it enough okay it was so goddamn awful i think it got canceled before the end of the show i think before it was over it got canceled it was so bad yet it wins the round yet it has, and the only reason you won the round is because you know mtv man we can't watch videos anymore, right? Where are the videos? I don't see them. YouTube. I can't find them on my TV. Yeah. yeah. YouTube. Thanks yeah. a lot. You know, I want to be, remember that feeling like you didn't know what's coming. Yes, next? it was great. You know, you didn't know what's coming next. You know, you didn't go out and go, oh, I'm going to listen to the new Britney Spears video. You know, <laughs> you didn't know what they were going to play next. You go, man, I didn't hear that. I love that feeling. I miss that feeling. That's kind of my problem with Spotify at times. Like it's absolutely, it's too easy. Well, you know, yeah. you could just be like, nah, I don't like it. Skip. You yeah. don't give anything a chance anymore. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I personally, you know, I mean, I don't know what they're paying me. Probably nothing on Spotify. Spotify gets away with fucking murder, but you know, uh, you know, I, I think you get a mill. What is that? Like 0.5 cents of a penny. Every time they play your song, <laughs> you get a hay penny. A, you know, a, penny. a wooden nickel. <laughs> get you a beer token for your nearest country club. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. Like the MTV vibe, and Paul, he was great on that stuff. I thought he was really great on that. So that's what won you the round is 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 the videos, man. And and you know, Hill Street Blues and all that was great. And Cop Rock was just you know hilarious it is now yeah. uh, it was then man let me tell you it was like you never saw anything die so fast in, you, in your life it's like <laughs> it was over before it began it was unbelievably bad 55 songs are you crazy they shouldn't even yeah. they shouldn't even written one you know terrible all right, duelers. So that makes the score two to one. But don't worry, it's still anyone's game as we still have the two point rounds ahead of us, and we'll play more dueling decades right after this commercial interruption. Time Life presents the music of cop rock. <laughs> oh, China Grove. <laughs> For a one time fee of $3,000, you'll get every song that ever was written for cop rock. <laughs> 50 songs spread across 19 iPod shuffles. <laughs> you know what's fun? You know what's really fun? Are you ever like roaming around your house and all of a sudden you, you find like an iPod that you had like like a brick. I call it a brick. And I go, and I put it on. And I go, oh man, this is great. You know, this is like, man, I was really into John Tesh back then. 
but it's kind of fun to do that. It's yeah, I, I don't know about you young kids doing it with iPods, but I occasionally find a mixtape. Like on a cassette, yeah, yeah, and, you know, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I don't know you young kids doing this stuff with iPod. Yeah, let me stuff. let me blow some dust off my cassette. <laughs> Mark's like, oh yeah, the best of Eddie Rabbit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love a rainy night. A rainy. All right, so I got control of the board. It is two to one, and uh, I think we got to go to some movies and do some rock and roll movies yes. for the first two point round. All right, so for my first movie is a movie that I brought up a few episodes back when we talked about the soundtrack to this really influential movie on myself and an entire generation, and that was released August 22nd, 1990. I give you the Christian Slater classic, Pump Up the Volume. Uh, Nothing to me says rock and roll more than this movie. It's just the attitude, the spirit, not to mention the killer soundtrack, which had, you know, the Soundgarden, Leonard Cohen, Ice-T. It has the Descendants, Sonic Youth, the Beastie Boys. It really just shows that rock and roll youth spirit. And I, I tells the story of Mark, who is, uh, runs a pirate radio station. I'm sure you're all familiar with this great film. If you haven't, Stop the episode right now and go listen to it and then come back and finish this episode because Pump Up the Volume is a life-changing film. Another great rock and roll connection to it. The film also featured Ahmet Zappa, the uh, the son of Frank Zappa. So can't go wrong with that. So that's my first movie selection uh, released August 22nd, 1990, Pump Up the Volume. My second movie selection... Uh, came out May 25th, 1990, and is the, well, it's like the third in this series. It's a time-traveling movie. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called Back to the Future Part 3. Oh. oh. Now, you're probably wondering, <laughs> what the hell does this have to do with rock and roll? Well, if you remember the movie, they had a nice little Western hoedown sequence in the movie. The band that was playing in that sequence was actually... ZZ Top, and they were playing a ver- a westerned up version of Doubleback that came out that year on their album Recycler. So uh, yeah, it was their very first movie appearance. Billy Gibbons would of course go on to do more acting. He uh, Billy Gibbons appeared on Bones. He was uh, one of the characters' dads, and he played himself, Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top. Kind of a stretch there, but. <laughs> So yeah, Back to the Future 3, great rock and roll movie, just because ZZ Top has that really cool cameo. And come on, if you didn't know, how did you not know that that was ZZ Top? There's even a sequence in it where they spin the guitar and the drums, and they got the long beards. They said they wanted to do the movie because Zemeckis was the only director that would let them show up in their own clothes. (laughs) <laughs> they actually said that in an interview, as corny as that sounds. But they're like, we got to do this while Frank Beard is still sober. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's still clean shaven, damn it. <laughs> so those are my two movie entries, Pump Up the Volume and Back to the Future Part 3. All right, Bo Craft, over to you. What do you got, man? Oh, let's see, gentlemen. Well, how could anyone forget the, uh, the machismo that 1986 spawned for film soundtracks? I'm talking, of course about the ultimate Yacht Rock hitmaker capsizing his water vessel and turning to the payment for Danger Zone. Yes, that's right, the Kenny Loggins hit that would become one of the pillars of the 86 soundtrack to Top Gun. Of course, uh, Loggins wasn't the only one to provide the stellar soundtrack to this Tom Cruise classic that took flight straight to the hearts of America. 
The album also included succulent cuts from Cheap Trick, Lover Boy, Miami Sound Machine, and of course, the synth-douched ballad from those rascals <laughs> called Berlin that were from actually Orange County. Uh, take my breath away. The Loggins Bop actually would reach all the way up to number two on the Billboard Hot 100. While Berlin, uh, although not rock and roll, did fare much better. They received an Academy Award for Best Original Song and uh, Golden Globe for Best Original Song as well. Overall, the actual soundtrack itself for Top Gun was the best-selling soundtrack of the year and ultimately one of the best-selling soundtracks of all time. Wow. Was it really? It appears so. I it didn't realize so. it sold that much. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. You know, people love jet planes and Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer before that hole That's in his right. throat. It's all coming back soon. That's right. <laughs> uh, the second one, not not quite as popular. This is pretty forgettable, kind of. But uh, the soundtrack from ACDC released May 24th, 1986. Uh, the album Who Made Who, which served as the soundtrack to the Stephen King film Maximum Overdrive. Uh, actually, only three songs on this record were newly recorded material, and the other ones were taken from the band's previous album. So it's kind of a cop out. Uh, but the titular song, Who Made Who, became the band's most successful single in years, reaching uh, number 33 in the U.S., if you want to call that successful. Uh, the album has sold 5 million copies in the U.S., though, which is way more than I would have ever estimated it had. So, Who Made Who from ACDC. Who made who? Who made you? <laughs> who wrote that? Who who made that? That sold 5 million? What band? ACDC. 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 Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. And that was like their first album in years, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was, they had a bit of a break before that, yeah, yeah. All right, you ready? Let's go down to Judge Robert Tepper for okay. the ruling. All right, Mark, that second movie, man, could you dig any harder, man? Did you break a shovel? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I dug and dug for 1990s rock and roll movies. <laughs> Trying to highlight ZZ Top's movie career. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see that. I'm sure if you IMBD them or whatever the hell it is, it goes on for pages. At least. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of, I kind of got to go with Bo again on this one, man. That album, I had a funny story about that album, which made me, which made me pick it. All those songs I thought were were really, you know, what was it, Franken, uh, who was it, Frankenheimer, the Ger- a German producer. It was his, like, huge debut. He did he did some of the tracks on there. I'm spacing on his name. He's really, like, a big, like, kind of pop producer, and that was, like, some of his early, early, early work. You talking about the, the Top Gun soundtrack? Yeah, the Top Gun soundtrack. It was, uh, the guy's first name was, like, Giorgio. Uh... Giorgio, uh, Giorgio, not Giorgio Morata, right? Was it? Was yeah, yeah, that's him. Giorgio yeah. Morata. Yeah. Okay. So I come here as a young writer, right? And they're hooking me up with writers. And this guy, they hooked me up with, and I forget his name. He was a guy who wrote a song they told me called Take My Breath Away. And I said, Did you write the music, man? Because that's a great. He goes, No. No. He goes, uh, I was the lyricist on this. I said, Really? He said, Yeah. And so we and I just started, you know, we started working and was, we're writing a song. And he, I said, So how did you get hooked up with Giorgio Morona to, to do this? So he goes, Oh, I used to clean his Ferrari. <laughs> I go, just fucking great. This motherfucker wins a, wins a fucking Grammy. Shining a Ferrari. It's like, it's, I, I was a little resentful, but we managed to, I don't know if we finished the song or whatever, but I never forgot like going, damn man, never put down anything you do for anybody because you never know what it's, what it's going to lead to. 
but you know, he just didn't feel like a, like a big time writer from, to me. And he's probably going to hear this and go, look at my, <laughs> I hope. you know, I probably wrote 18,000 great songs. You just never listened, you know? So I, you know, that, jo- and, and both of your second choices were really lame. I just want to congratulate <laughs> you. <on that. laughs> you know? But I'm going to have to go with the Top Gun thing, especially since we're about to, I hear yeah. the new one's supposed to look amazing. I thought the first one kind of sucked, but the music was good, you know? All right. That's it. Yeah. I got to give it to you, Bo. That guy Hell also yeah. did uh danger zone as well. Yeah. Well, danger zone. Yeah. 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 Fucking crazy. With Kenny Loggins, the the soundtrack maestro of the eighties. Yeah, but but again, guys, that it was like music and song and film were so identified in that period. I think more than any other period, which is why you're sitting here talking to me and all. You know what I mean? It's like we really had the blessing of like you thought of a song, you thought of a movie. You know, they were so interconnected, you know, yep. where you know, I can't I mean it does happen, you know, you know, Lady Gaga movie. I mean that yeah, it went away for a while, but I think it's coming back. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so because I think people love that. I think that that's what changes people's lives when they can identify with a song that is hooked to a movie like that. I think that's that's what gets them really wrapped up in it. You know, there are certain oldie, classicy kind of feelings, you know, that that still work. Oh, and absolutely. Last night I watched this movie called Long Shot with uh, okay. Charlize Theron and. Um, uh, Seth Rogen and okay. uh, they had a throwback scene where they're they're listening to Roxette. It should have been love, and it, they're talking about um, you know, Pretty Woman and shit. So they're throwing it back to 1990 with this. So hopefully it does come back because they're bringing that shit back in movies as like memories from the 90s. I loved when movies had that tie-in. I mean, of course, that's why you're on here because you had these two great songs that were tied into these movies. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 you know, I still think it works, you know, but what was so exciting about that time was that directors were looking at MTV, which is why I voted for you on that one is because directors were looking at that and making little music videos of songs and sticking them in movies. You know, it was like it all worked because they saw how powerful MTV was at that time. So. Yeah, well, that was the thing with Polly Shore, you know, I mean, right. they, he got on TV and the, people are like, wow. Look at the ratings he's getting. I wonder if they'll pay eight bucks to go see him in a movie theater. And That's he got all of these movies. And I mean, Paulie was a brilliant stand-up comedian to begin with. So it was only a, a natural progression for him. For Absolutely. sure. All right. So we're at three points to two. Uh, Bo is actually on top. He's got control of the board. We're going to the last round. It's anybody's game. Whoever wins this last round wins the entire game. So everything, all the weight is on Robert Tepper's shoulders right here. And we only have I one. Can I can handle it. I'm but good. it's weird. This is so bizarre to me because we've never had news for the fifth round that I can remember. So this is going to be fucking interesting. News. Okay. So this is a weird topic, a weird category for this point of the show. Yes, for sure. Okay. Okay. Don't bring the sadness because you know what happens if you do that. That's right, man. You make me cry, you automatically lose. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, Bo, what All do you right. got? Well, I got a 50-50 shot. We're going to win this one for the Gipper. I'll lead off with a... At least a positive thing. Uh, I said tuck the uh, tuck the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction into the cap for later. Let's see. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame holding its inaugural induction ceremony to honor the contributions of those who were touted as heavyweights in the recording industry. Uh, so their inaugural class took place in 1986, Ooh. January, actually. Um, first class to be inducted included Chuck Berry, James Brown, Ray Charles, Sam Cooke, 
Fats Domino, the Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly, Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard, and the king himself, Elvis Presley. This was also the same year that they decided that Cleveland would be the physical home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So you got kind of a, a twofer on that one. Damn, that's the inaugural class, the freshman class, and the uh, the uh, physical location settled as Cleveland. Shit, bring you. She wow. got legs. That's right. Yeah, that's good one, right. Man. Yeah. Uh, and it was a toss up. It, it, it's a sad toss up, really, for the uh, other one because there were two pretty significant uh, rock and roll deaths in 1986. <laughs> I'm gonna go. With- <laughs> I know. I told you, a 50-50 shot. One was an overdose. The other was a massive heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> it was a murder-suicide. Well, you know, uh, this one this one probably is still probably the most prominent or relevant today, I would, I would say, at least among rock fans. The European leg of their tour in support of their album Master of Puppets, September 27, 1986, a tour bus carrying Metallica crashes in Sweden, killing the influential bassist Cliff Burton in the process. Uh, accident caused by the driver who ran off the road skidded in the grass, crashed the bus, and uh, Burton was ejected from the bus and crushed beneath the weight of it. So the awesome. death wow. of uh, Cliff Burton. My my alternate one for this one, not to be counted, uh, the death of Phil Lynott from uh, Thin Lizzy, yeah. who died at the age of 36 on January 4th. What from, did he uh, die? How did he die? He had uh, a drug dependency, but he there was a he had uh, he had he had overdosed essentially, and then he got sepsis from that, and then the sepsis caused pneumonia, and uh, what was the pneumonia and heart failure as a result of the sepsis. So he uh, had a lot of issues going on there. The boy's not back in town for sure. He is. He is not. <laughs> Man, I, I have a feeling Mark's also bringing the sadness to even this. Yeah. Bo, I'm going to see your sad news and raise you. Or is it lower in this case? Yeah, it could be. Because on Monday, August 27th, 1990, we lost an absolute legend in rock and roll. And that was the day that we lost Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm. Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and members of Eric Clapton's band were touring. They were actually playing Alpine Valley. Afterwards, they took the helicopter, which is the common mode of transportation, in and out of the venue because there are narrow roads and with all the fans the bands just use the helicopters shortly after takeoff because of the weather uh the helicopter crashed into a nearby ski hill resort vaughn and four others on board pilot jeff brown agent bobby brooks and bodyguard nigel brown and tour manager colin Smythe were killed uh initial reports say that everyone did die instantly unfortunately well i guess fortunately that would be horrible yeah i guess if i had to go out i'd hope it'd be instantly (laughs) (laughs) not mark's world oh wait i kind of want to see what happens to everybody else they survived for six days. <laughs> I just want to let you all know you're going to hell. I'd be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie Ray Vaughan's funeral service was on August 31st, 1990. Uh, Jeff Healy, ZZ Top, Stevie Wonder, Bonnie Raitt, Buddy Guy, all in attendance. Stevie Ray Vaughan's uh, grave marker reads, Thank you for all the love you passed our way. Uh, had a number one hit single on yeah. the hot mainstream rock checks with the song Crossfire. And of course, he had the legendary band Double Trouble, which was introduced into which was inducted into said Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2015. So that's my first bit. Uh, the passing of uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. All right. Damn. Two sadnesses. So it evens out. Yeah. All right. So for my final news story, uh, man. 
kind of have to dig for some of these things, you know? So I, I looked at different bands that were around at the time in 1990, and I found a band called Scream out of Washington, D.C. You guys familiar with this? Vaguely. Yeah, they didn't have a whole lot of success. Matter of fact, their drummer actually left the band because he got a suggestion from the front man from the band The Melvins. This was the guy who went to The Melvins? No, no. The, the guy from The Melvins, uh, Buzz Osborne, actually suggested to this person that he should quit the band right. that he was in in D.C. and go out and try out for this band. Oh, I know. This is great. In story. Washington. So, uh, I said, get out of here, Chad Channing. <laughs> you dead weight. Because on October 11th, 1990, Dave Grohl oh, played for the very first yeah. time with the band Nirvana. <laughs> now, Dave Grohl, of course, would go on to win 16 Grammys and be nominated 39 other times. Right. Of course, Nirvana's success was just monumental. There's a great article here on Jam Bass, and it actually has the complete set list for that night, October 11th, 1990. On YouTube, you can actually watch video footage of that concert. Basically, it's all the tracks from their Bleach album with Dave Grohl instead of Chad Channing, and instantly, I like I haven't watched a Nirvana video probably in 15 years. I put this one on today, and I instantly remembered why I liked Nirvana. There was just that raw energy that Dave Grohl immediately brought to the band that matched what Chris and Kurt were doing at the time, and it was just pure magic. So October 11th, 1990, the legendary Dave Grohl plays with the legendary Nirvana for the very first time. So that's what I got for the rock and roll music news round. (laughs) Solid. Fuck. You guys are killing me. <laughs> you guys Robert are Tepper is torn. I'm so torn, man, because first of all, so here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm singing No Easy Way Out, and I get invited because people say, hey, IMP is going to design this building in Cleveland, Ohio, and we need people to show up and support. We got you. We got Eric Carmen. We got a bunch of other people. The NFL, the football, you know, the Browns are going to be there. We're going to be in the flats in Cleveland, and we're going to raise money for this unbelievable thing called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right? So I'm there. I'm doing it, man. Partying hard with football <laughs> players who are 6'11 and 8,000 pounds, and they're on their 15th drink, and they're going, what's the matter, Tepper? You can't handle it? I'm going, man, you're killing me, guys. You are absolutely killing me. (laughs) But it was a very memorable night. And all this stuff with, I mean, Thin Lizzy, who wants to hear that's so sad? I mean, you know, this guy's a total tragedy. That was just horrible. Sorry, but that sucked. (laughs) And the other thing, you know, uh, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan dying. I, you know, I had a Stevie Ray Vaughan story. He comes up to me at, at this restaurant in, in after the Grammys one night and we're downtown and he comes up to me. He goes, man, I just love your fucking movies. I'm going, what? <laughs> yeah, man, you are amazing in that movie. I go, and I'm just like, yeah, thanks, man. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> he thinks I'm Christopher Lambert, okay? <laughs> there can only no, be one. <laughs> he has no idea who I was at all, man. He had just no idea who I was at all. He thought I was Christopher Lambert. Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> it was so amazing, man. I'm sitting there. I guess that's better than nothing, you know? Um, 
you know, that was a hilarious night. But, you know, Dave Grohl's one of my favorite drummers of all fucking time, man. And you're right, man. When that guy sits behind the drums, is yeah. you know, because for me, as a musician, as a musician, or singer, songwriter, <laughs> no, but there are guys that bring a certain energy, like especially drummers. Right. How many drummers can you really identify? And first of all, the story about uh, uh, who who was the guy who told I love that band. My son, my son took me. We went to see them the other the other week. The Melvins. The Melvins, man, I love the Melvins. The Melvins were so good. There I am, old man, and old man in the club. Okay, I am the old man in the club. The Melvins were great, and the fact that Dave Grohl, you know, he did. He brought, you know. Otherwise, they're just heroin songs. You know what I mean? He brought that energy to it. That was just phenomenal. Man, Mark, you dug deep, man. And I got to give you this round. I, I got to give you this round. Dave Grohl. Wow. Thank Dave, not you. Thank Dave. <laughs> wow. I avenge my previous losses, and I pull out a victory here by the skin of my teeth. By the skin of your girl, man. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well, thank you, Robert Tepper. Wow. Uh, I enjoyed it. As usual, you guys, it's so easy. This is so fun. You probably hate me. By no, dude. It's I, like I said last time. I feel like I've known you for like 20 years. Yeah. No I, it's, I swear to God. I feel like, you know what? We're sitting here. We're talking football. We're talking about music. Stupid shit. Movies. Stupid shit. I love it. Listen, I've had we've had plenty of guests on. I've Close to 100 probably over the past seven years. And there's always like a bit of nervousness, you know, you get on the episode, you don't know what to expect. Last time you were on, you came on, you were early and it was just me sitting there. I was waiting for uh, Mark to come on first because we weren't expecting you to come on until the time we gave you. And it was just you and I, like you just come on. I'm like, all right, he's on. All right. So, and then (laughs) we just start bullshitting like, hey man, like what's up? Like, you know. Like we're, we've known each other from back on the block and shit. You're really Absolutely. easy, dude. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you. You guys are great. You really are. You're very funny. And the the Randy Newman impersonation. <laughs> I, I love it. That is great. I'm gonna have somebody call you up one time and say, "Hey, I got Randy on the phone, like a writer buddy." <laughs> And he heard the song we just wrote, and he's got something to tell you. And I'm gonna put you on. That'd be so funny. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, since we lifted you up that high, where are you at on the Dueling Decades theme song? Oh, the Dueling? Oh, you you need one, is what you're saying? That would be you, fucking amazing, dude, if Robert uh, Tepper man. did our theme uh, song. Wow. I mean, wow. our theme song now is great. I love it. The guys that did it are f- fantastic. You never know. Like, what? you know, let me uh, let me think about it. I just got the assignment, and Cop Rock just got off, I just got off the phone with Cop Rock. <laughs> it's oh, a man. I, I only got to write 55 songs, so 56, what would it have? Yeah, fuck it. So other than writing the new Dueling Decades theme, uh, yes. tell our listeners what you've been up to, Robert. Okay, so what's been going on is I went to Germany, right? Uh, it went amazingly, okay? It's called the Heat Festival. Not to get, like, bushy and stuff, but I have, you know, I hadn't been out there. I've been working on this record, and people are singing the words to the new record. People are, like, loving it, and it, 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 was, it was moving, man. It was really a moving show for me. I literally, we just, we went there, we rehearsed, we did that show, we came back, okay? So it was like, boom, 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 boom. And I, and I got to tell you, it was a true highlight of, of, of doing this. Because when you're, I think what happens when you get older, it's like, you realize it's going down and you're going, 
appreciate it, motherfucker, because you're on stage right now, and these people are loving what you're doing, and it meant a lot to me. It really, really did. And uh, so we got with this uh, um, AA, uh, Adrian Hawks um, Music Management, and they're putting a tour together, which is going to probably be late September, October. We're looking at Spain. We're looking at Sweden. We're looking at England. We're looking at who knows. You know, we'll know more about it. And I will announce it, you know, like crazy on Facebook when when it all comes when it all comes real, you know. Fucking awesome. In other words, when they put the money in the fucking account. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. So that that's in the cards. Pablo and I sat down and started writing for the next record already because I'm a writing fool. Okay, I love to write, man. So who knows? Maybe we could grab you a dueling decades. Yeah, uh, like, it sounds like a good track three. For the new album. Track three. <laughs> Dueling decades theme. People there. What the- he even knows what track it is on. The- all the balls on this guy. <laughs> Written and recorded by Robert Tepper and produced by Rick Rubin. That's right. <laughs> Featuring Randy Newman. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be funny. So uh, all that's going on. Uh, we just had a huge write-up in Music Connection. I don't know if you know that magazine out here in L.A., which is uh, a huge, you know, uh, I don't get a ton of American press. And I'm, I'm on there with, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 Squeaky. Oh, this rapper is on the front page. and It says Robert Tepper. And my kids are like, Holy dude, Dad, you're on with a fucking rapper. I go, yeah, man, I'm happening. I'm, I, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm hip. I'm hip. I know what's going on. <laughs> I know. Okay, we're going back to our rooms to smoke some good dope. <laughs> okay. I saw that on your Instagram. Actually, drop your Instagram for people. Oh, you see, uh, the Instagram, uh, Robert Tepper. I mean, I think that's it. See, this is where I technically fall down. Thanks a lot. Thank <laughs> I'll, I'll look for it <laughs> while you're talking. Okay, look for it when, while I'm talking because probably 10 people had to set it up for me. So, um, uh, but yeah, I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I can't take any more. Um, I, have, I have too many followers, but uh, you can come and see, you know, you can come and view me on Facebook and usually everything that's going on is on there, you know. And uh, so we got this great article written. So a couple other things. We're going to be doing a show March 13th. Pablo and I, it's probably going to be an acoustic set of seven or eight songs. My son, Julian, has a new book coming out, Between the Records. Now, they were in a band called The Natural History, and they, they wrote a song called Don't You Ever, which was for Spoon. And Spoon, oh, that was, was a, a great that tune. Was a big song for Spoon, right? And my boys wrote that song. And the book is about, it's called Between the Records, about this guy, these, these brothers who have, a, who have a dad in rock and roll who's a drug addict, and an asshole, and I don't know where they got this information because <laughs> stuff. And it's being published, and it's, it's so that's the release date of that book. And there's going to be a night of them doing. They're going to do their that record is going to go along with the book, and oh, they're going to wow. be a book soup in L.A. So, and I'm presently mixing, and that's what I was doing today, and what I've been doing pretty much for the last bunch of weeks is. My son brings music programs to uh, kids throughout L.A., and he just did a kid's record. Very cool one, man. And I'm mixing that. I recorded that and produced that with him. And I'm mixing that, and that should be done and out. It's like, we're like the, we're like the fucking Osmonds, man. We got, like, we got creativity <laughs> everywhere. Only we're a little more f- left of the Osmonds, I think. All right, so this is what it is. If, uh, 
if you guys want to go and follow uh, Robert on Instagram, it's r.tepper on Instagram. And if you want to go to his Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Robert Tepper Music. Thank you, Nick. I got That's you. Awesome. I got you. Thank you. You do, man. You're, I like you, Nick. You're a good guy, man. Thank you. <laughs> Track <laughs> three, though. Track three. Oh, man. I can't take the picture. I can't people call my people. Okay, we'll do it. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It's always fun. This goes by, like, like really quick. And you know what? This is the best way. If, if, you, if you're going to go on and promote yourself and do stuff, I mean, how much fun is this compared to, like, sitting there and answering? So when you met Stallone, what did he say to you? Exactly. Absolutely. You know, like, and th- this is you what know? we want to do. We want to get more celebrity guests to do the judging and I think it's it's a lot of fun. Instead of getting the same canned questions you've gotten exactly. for the same the last thirty years, come on, judge an episode, and shit just comes out organically. I agree. Right. You know, I agree. I agree. And you give me plenty of room to be my idiot self, and I appreciate that. And us too. We're total idiots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. As usual, so much fun. I'm gonna go back to my LA life. You guys go. Uh, I think Bo, Bo has some shoveling to do. <laughs> yeah, gotta go free. <laughs> Got some shoveling to do, and I'm uh, I'm rehearsing my uh, one man acoustic tribute to Randy Newman. It's called oh, Short I People. <laughs> going to be hitting theaters Don't this fall. Don't knock it. Don't knock it. Don't <laughs> knock it. Good, good work. All right, guys. God bless, man. Thank Thanks you so again, much, Robert. Thank you, Robert. Right. Bye bye. All right, Duelers. Well, I guess we'll end this episode right here. But if you've missed an episode, you can always go back on DuelingDecades.com where you can subscribe to the show on CastBox. You can subscribe to the show on Spotify or wherever podcasts are available. And then while you're on the Internet, head on over to Facebook.com forward slash Dueling Decades. Join our private group where you can go on there and post some of your own retro memories as well as take part in our daily and weekly trivia challenge. Now, Man Crush, we got some big stuff going on with Trivia Challenge. What do we have? I don't even know. What do we, what do we got well, going we, on? <laughs> well, in, adi- in, in addition to the trivia right now, we actually got this scavenger hunt that's going on. Uh, that'll be over by the time we post this, though. Oh, still. <laughs> still going on, man. It's Whatever. going on right now, but it won't be going on <laughs> next week. But we'll have another one. But in the meantime, if you listen to this entire episode and you're here right now, Go to www.facebook.com forward slash dueling decades and tell us how you judged every round. Just shoot us a message every day. If you like our page, you're going to see a Facebook story. You can reply on the Facebook story. That message goes direct to us, or you can just go straight to the page and drop us a message, whatever you want to do. But it's a lot of fun and we love hearing from you guys. So thank you very much. So until next time, duelers will bid you a peace, love, light, and a joy. Have a grateful week, everyone. Infirmary Media. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery.